Hello everyone and Namaskar. So today's podcast is a continuation of the reading of the book titled Idea and Ideology. And this is a reading of the second chapter titled Pratisanchara and Mana. It has been explained in the previous chapter that the singular self is the rudimental cause of all the diversities. That is, the essence of all physical and metaphysical diversities is the Supreme One, the nominal cause of this phenomenal world. The fundamental factors of this phenomenal world are five in number. They are Chiti, solid, Up, liquid, Tejas, luminous, Marut, aerial, Bioma, ethereal. The process of transformation or metamorphosis of the singular self into these factors is called Sanchara, or Sankrama. Sanchara, or Sankrama, is a process of analysis. In this analytical movement, the infinite macrocosmic entity, Niratisha, gets transformed into innumerable finite entities, Satisha. The supreme witnessing counterpart of all these finite entities remains the same as that of the macrocosm. The supreme subjectivity is the prime cause of all these objectivities, and as the witnessing entity, is the multiple of all the multiplicities. The movement from these multiplicities towards the supreme multiple is the process of pratisanchara. This pratisanchara is a synthetic movement and is center-seeking or introversion in character. Its movement is from the crude towards the subtle, having its culminating point in Purushottama. This course of Pratisanchara is not just a reversal of Sanchara, because had it been so, Sanchara and Pratisanchara would have come into conflict and disturbed the equilibrium of the creative spirit. The static principle or Tamaguna creates a sort of external pressure, as a result of which interior and exterior forces are created. These belligerent interior and exterior forces create a resultant interior or exterior within or without the physical structure. Whenever and wherever the resultant interior predominates, the structural solidarity of the physical body is properly maintained. The coordinated interior forces are known as prana. The vital energy is a blind force, blind in the sense that it is devoid of intellect, its prime cause being the static force. But vital energy is not the only effect of the constant fight between the interior and exterior forces. Vital energy is the resultant interior force, but whenever and wherever, as a result of the clash, a portion or portions of the physical body get powdered down, that is, transformed into subtler factors, subtler than all the five fundamental physical factors, the effect is known as unit mind or microcosm. We find that within the unit structure, the mind is a chemical reaction of physical clash, but this physical body is a creation of the cosmic mind. So far as properties are concerned, the unit mind has no difference from the cosmic mind. Both have intellectual and supraphysical value. This intellectual unit mind controls the physical activities of the blind prana of the unit structure. Matter is the crudest manifestation of chitta, and chitta is a metamorphous form of cosmic consciousness. 
the two subtler manifestations of cosmic consciousness, the Mahatattva and Ahangtattva, are in a dormant stage within the scope of Chitta. So in the case of the unit also, the initial mind created is not anything subtler than Chitta. That is, in the mind of undeveloped creatures and plants, the major portion is nothing but Chitta. Ego does not appear in the primary stage of mental creation. Hence, under such a circumstance, the blind force prana cannot activate the physical structure. After the expression of ego in a later stage of psychic evolution, ego, ahangtattva, and pure eye feeling, mahatattva, are created. And with the help of these subtler stages of mind, that is, with the help of intellectual mind, the blind prana is properly controlled. Thus prana and the mind, working in collaborative cooperation, maintain the structural solidarity in this divine march of Pratisanchara. Here is a specialty of the philosophy of Ananda Marga over other philosophies, explaining biological and analytical theory that mind is a creation of matter. This view is also supported by the materialistic schools of thought. But materialist philosophers fail to explain further, as they fail to explain the rudimental cause of the matter. Anandamarga philosophy penetrates deeper into the ultimate cause of all the manifested effects and enunciates that matter is the metamorphous form of Purushottama, the nucleus consciousness existing as a nominal cause. Thus, as a result of clash within the material structure, a subtle base is created, and this in turn gives rise to the formation of crude mind or unachita, which has neither the ego, I do, or second mental subjectivity, nor the first mental subjectivity, I am. Within the unit living structure, prana transmits its own wavelength, and mind transmits its own. The parallelism of these waves results in the cooperative functioning by which the living structure proceeds towards the destined path of Pratisanchara. In the initial stage of mental creation, living structures, with their underdeveloped ego, cannot function independently, and therefore they work according to the will of the cosmic eye. And the momentum, Sang Vega, acquired from the macrocosm, as a result of its applied will, acts within the crude mind and supplies requisite force for its movement in the journey of Pratisanchara. On the path of Pratisanchara, the attraction of Viryamaya increases, and the unit Chitta goes on marching towards Purushottama. Biologically, this means that life is evolved out of organic matter and is gradually transformed into higher and higher species, such as animals, vertebrates, mammals, etc. The movement of creation accelerates according to the increase in the reflection of Supreme Consciousness, or Purushottama, on the unit mental plate. As a result of this gradual increase in the density of reflection, the crude mind is converted into subtler mind. That is, the mental scope goes on increasing. So we may say that as a result of the reflection of consciousness on the mental plate, the mind undergoes a psychic dilation. The operative forces of the psychic dilation are three in number. These are one, physical force, created out of physical clash, two, psychic force, 
created as a result of clashes in the psychic sphere. And three, spiritual force, emanated from longing for the great. As a result of operations of these three forces, the psychic body undergoes a dilation. This dilation is not mere puffing up, but an expansion in volume and mass. The quantum of dilation depends directly on the proximity of the destination. That means that dilation increases as the distance decreases. The increase in mass is due to ever-increasing clash amongst the belligerent forces within the physical structure. As a result of mental dilation, that is, increase in volume and mass of the psychic body, the mind acquires more and more potentiality for multilateral activities. According to the mental dilation, the physical body as well gets metamorphosed, and as the longing for the great increases, the physical body develops certain complexities for an adjustment with the higher psychic demands. Hence we find that in creatures having developed sentiments, the physical body is a composite structure of a large number of glands with their peculiar activities. The developed glandular complexity is an essentiality for facing the psychic clashes in the subtler spheres. Due to psychic dilation, the crude mind grows still subtler. This increase in subtlety develops in the unicitta, the capacity to realize its subjectivity. The subtler is a stage of animation in the process of pratisanchara, the more developed is its ego, and later on it can feel and determine the trend of all its movements. It is at this stage that the evolved unit mind develops within itself both ego and will, and can use the momentum, sangvega, acquired during its previous movement in any direction according to its desire. Before this development of will and ego, expression of the self in a constructive line is not possible. Hence, in plant and animal life, where mind is underdeveloped, the vital energy as well as the mind are guided and controlled by the will of the supreme mind, the great ego. These underdeveloped plants and creatures can have definite progress in the course of pratisanchara because they are being controlled by the will of the supreme ego. By the guidance of Vidyamaya, such a unit mind constantly rises higher and higher. But once will is developed within its scope of activities and a special momentum is acquired, the unit mind can choose any direction according to its desire. That is, it may adopt a course of negative pratisanchara. This stage of mental evolution, when the developed ego decides the direction and can move even towards jada, negative pratisanchara, is called the human being, or manusha, because the entity develops a feeling that it has a mind and a mental force which it can utilize to serve its purpose. In the early stages, only the will force of the great, that is, of Purushottama alone, acts. But at the stage of human development, the thought waves of the one and those of the many work together. The macrocosm exerts and expresses itself both directly and through the microcosms, and the latter determine, by the individual will, their paths of movement. Thus the inanimate phase of creation moves by the psychic impetus of Purushottama only while in the animate phase, there is the imagination of one and that of many as well. In the animate world, other than that of human beings, 
the cooperation between unit and cosmic mind is not of a coordinated nature. The unit minds work in a subordinated cooperation with the cosmic mind. But in human spheres, the cooperation can be of both coordinated and subordinated nature. The human being, Manusha, the possessor of ego, has accumulated in his or herself the experiences undergone during that person's past living stages. That person's living momentum knows nothing about the phases ahead. The momentum of previous lives naturally creates a longing for material happiness or love for jada, and people remain unaware of the love of consciousness as this stage or path is untrodden by them. Who does like to take the unknown risk of an untrodden path? One who has got a longing for jada lacks the courage to experiment with spiritual truth and to follow the path shown by the rishis. Ordinarily, people do not follow this brave path. They think of the need of some superhuman help for their carnal pleasures. They create imaginary gods or are misled into worshipping the mental creations of others and feeling satisfied. These are all the worships of Jadatta, or the crude. According to its fundamental properties, the mind stuff takes the form of the object it entertains. Because of the constant superimposition of physical entities and mundane waves on the psychic body, the mental waves, for the sake of an adjustment, take the length of the material waves, representing a cruder psychic projection. Such a crude mind, for the sake of psychophysical parallelism, chooses a physical structure cruder than its previous objective. This process of retracing the movement is the path of negative or counter-pratisanchara. In this negative pratisanchara, the unit mind can have a backward jump. That is, according to the change in mental wavelength, the physical structure may take the form of a tree, an underdeveloped metazoan, or even a protozoan, or even that of an inanimate object such as a stone, gold, or silver. The mental structure of the money-minded capitalist may convert itself into a paper note of that person's choice. Even after this retracing of the destined path, the ever-merciful macrocosm helps the ego-lost mind. And under the forces of external pressure and internal clash, the path of evolution, that is, movement towards pratisanchara, recommences. The unit mind regains its lost status. It may, however, take millions of years to place it back in its lost status. It is not that a human has a chance of negative pratisanchara only, due to his or her evolved ego. This ego renders a positive help in the movement towards Purushottama. In the animate phase, the imagination of many works in harmony with the Supreme One. So if the unit mind at that stage of evolution directs its potentialities towards longing for the great, the unit mind can accelerate its progress, that is, movement towards Purushottama, and its progress can be many times speedier than what it was at the stages where the chitta, being in the crudest form, had not developed self-will, but had to move according to the desire of the macrocosm. In this march towards the supramundane, the unit mind gradually feels a closer touch of Purushottama. And as the proximity of the two increases, 
the psychic gap between the reflected consciousness and the reflecting plate goes on diminishing and finally these two merge together. The supreme union of Purushottama and the unit mind is known as yoga. Sang yogo yogo ityukto jivatma paramatmana. According to the urge of Pratisanchara, the unit mind goes on dilating because of the ever-increasing reflected density of the microcosmic nucleus. Here the microcosm acts as a mirror and the reflected consciousness is just like the reflection of the rays of the sun in that while being reflected, he also associates himself with the plate. The association inculcates the sameness of the quality and so the associative reflection of the nucleus, Purushottama, will develop in the unit mind the broadness of his cosmic self and the final culmination of the march of this unitary self or microcosm. The sameness of the unit and the cosmic mind is established and the finality and association will result in the merger of the microcosm into the macrocosm. This is what is known as mukti. Thus if the finite subjectivity, unit mind, dwells on the infinite one, as its objectivity. It results in the gradual expansion of itself and this enlarged mind finally merges with Purushottama. Hence such a stage is nothing but mental liberation. Here one of our psychophilosophic theories works. Oneness in objectivity results in oneness in subjectivity. So when the objectivity of the microcosm gets converted into the objectivity of the macrocosm, the jivatman, the subjective counterpart of the microcosm is transformed into the subjective counterpart of the macrocosm, that is, Purushottama. The fundamental principle of our Ishwara Pranidhana is based on the psycho-spiritual theory. May 28, 1959 Thank you.